In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Well, there it is, boys of summer. Uh, we are on the road, Brad, and uh, enjoying every minute of it. You've got your own boardwalk and uh, beach there in the uh, Emerald Isle. And uh, I am down here further south in swampy Florida, where it's the, you know, the, the, the freest of the 50 states, but also the warmest, I believe, uh, right now. But uh, you and I are truly the uh, boys of summer. We are, buddy. We're a couple of boys of summer. You are probably... I mean, I guess Arizona might be able to give you a run for your money with just ambient heat. But in terms of swampiness, as you've described, I think you are cornering the market. But you'll be moving out of there soon, heading you know, more in a more northerly direction, getting out of that a little bit of that heat and humidity, and that'll be nice. The annual migration north, and then we'll head back south in a couple of months. But uh, we've got everyone uh, in, the, in the Sprinter van. Of course, the, I, I told you the gas gauge doesn't work, correct? No. The gas doesn't work. I honestly didn't tell you that. No. As part of the build out on the Sprinter van, you remember I had that 447 gallon tank. Yes. Yeah. You're like a destroyer. You're like a Navy destroyer in terms of the amount of fuel you're carrying. Correct. And so they put the tank in, but they never calibrated it. To the, uh, to the gas That's gauge. not on the checklist when you it's were posting I guess not. Apparently not on the checklist. So the other day we're driving and we look down at the gauge and suddenly it just goes to complete empty, like empty. The light is on. It is suggesting <laughs> gas stations in the area. Now that would, that would normally be a concern except for the fact that I just spent about $200 filling this thing up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Within did. Five minutes ago and I'm, nothing's leaking, right? There's right. no hole in the, you know, gas tank because there would be gas everywhere. You see it. So the thing goes down. I call the people. I say, what's going on? They say, well, it's a simple fix. Take it to the, uh, to, to, they gave me the name of a place here in Florida. So I go down to the place. We drop the sprinter van off. They take it, they take the gas tank up, take the whole thing apart. And then they realize it's not the simple fix that they thought it's some fuel pump issue, which can only be dealt with, by the people at the Mercedes, the, you know, the, the, the people that developed all the- The, the only warfare. tool that you can use for that is in Mogadishu and you have to go and get it yourself. Correct, correct. It's yeah. currently, mm-hmm. current, currently deployed in the Ukraine. It, mm-hmm. uh, but, but so yeah, so they, they, they basically said there's a, there's a backlog of these uh, uh, fuel pump uh, requests. They, they don't have any here, but when they get one in September, we can drive it in. I, I said, look, I'm not gonna be in Florida in September. So now, um, the, the, the guy calls me up from the shop that did the, 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 the reno in the van. And right. he says, look, you're fine. You're fine. This is not a, an issue that's going to prevent you from marching up the East coast, right? You're going to mm-hmm. still be able to do that. You just have to keep tab of the fuel consumption, the old fashioned way, which is apparently to write it down in a notebook uh, every time you, uh, 
you gas up to make sure that you don't go over the you know seven thousand miles each uh, tank <laughs> yields. Yeah, so that's where we're at. How about it? It's old school. You get yourself a steno pad. You get yourself a nice number two pencil, maybe a green eye shade, and you run a little accounting. Well, uh, you can uh, of course uh, you've got David Pridham and Brad Sheaf here. We're we're back. Even though we're on the road, we're still committed enough or should be committed that we're doing this. And uh, the fact is, we mean business. Brad, we get some big news this week about us joining the Salem Podcast Network family of podcasts. Mm. And uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be rolling out the program this uh, uh, summer all over the Salem Podcast Network. So we're very excited about that, obviously. But uh, uh, big, uh, big happenings here at, uh, at the show with us joining the Salem Podcast Network. Um, but you can also learn more about our show on our website, which is also called Brad IP dot com. Uh, you can follow us on the Instaface, the Twitter, the uh, Meta uh, so this week, Brad, we like to start, right, with the big stories of the week that the small business owner needs to understand, needs to latch on to when he's having a cup of joe at the uh, at the, the the local diner in the morning, waiting for his or her Western omelet. Uh, they are going to be quizzed about these big events. These are things that their employees need to know about, looking for guidance from them. And we're here to tell them exactly what those stories are and how to think about them. And there you have it. No time like the present, they say. Uh, but the number one story this week that uh, we've uh, uh, we've identified our crack staff is this big Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Have you heard about that? You know, buddy, I did hear about it. I, I did not follow it. I'm not even actually sure what the gist of the disagreement was. I don't know who sued whom or for what, but I I I, I know it went on. And, you know, in my background, I have had the opportunity to be a part of more than one federal murder trial, which is not uncommon, but not terribly common, because in order for a murder to be a federal crime, it has to occur certain places. And so, you know, I I was only a part of a couple of those, but they only lasted like two, two and a half weeks. And and it seemed like this Depp Heard trial lasted the better part of a decade. Yeah, it went on for a while. It was all over the TV. They were, they were, that's what nice, it was a nice thing you could watch, like the OJ trial, where you have these two people suing each other, two, two rich actors, right? Actor, <laughs> actors suing each other for defamation and just going on. And, oh, defamation. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it okay. was defamation. Um, uh-huh. And I honestly, I didn't follow it closely. I only follow the results for our small business owners so that we can help them understand it better. But apparently Johnny Depp won a little more than 10 million from Amber Heard and she won a couple million from him. So the net net is she owes Johnny Depp $8 million. So that's the result of the wow. thing. Right? She owed Johnny, Johnny Depp $8 million bucks for defamation. Yeah. For, she defamed him. Well, uh, apparently, certainly the jury seemed to think so. And I I, I will tell you, and this will tell you all you need to know about my, uh, you know, my movie fandom. I know who Johnny Depp is, and I actually very much like some of the roles he's played. The the pirate captain, he's amazing at that. I've enjoyed those movies. I could not, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you a single movie or TV show or commercial or perhaps play that Amber Heard has ever been in. 
Well, apparently uh, she, one, I can tell you she was married to Johnny Depp, uh, but two, she, <laughs> okay. she started trying to put together the scratch to pay this off. And yeah. I guess she was, I have not seen the Aquaman films. Have you seen the Aquaman films? I, I did. I did. It was like five and a half hours long and there were three separate plot lines, but I made it through. Apparently she made a million dollars to be in the Aquaman. And then apparently there's already a sequel to this thing called the oh. Aquaman and the lost kingdom. So that's $3 million she made that she can use towards paying down the 8 million that she owes Johnny Depp, but she's still not halfway there. No. Yeah. She's got a long way to go. 8 million bucks, buddy. As most anyone will tell you, there's a, certainly a number of people on the planet who would just reach in their pocket and pull out 8 million bucks and hand it to you. But the vast majority of people would nod their heads and say, yeah, a million bucks, that's a lot of money. And I don't know what you have to do to defame someone to the tune of $8 million in damage. But then again, I did not uh, pay attention. I mean, maybe she wrecked old Johnny so badly he can't be, you know, the pirate captain anymore. And that's costing him, I don't know. Well, I guess, yeah, he's been booted from the pirate movie. Oh, well, yeah, that could cost you 8 million bucks, I guess. Yeah, but I, in any event, I guess we'll see, and we'll continue to monitor that. And the lesson there for um, uh, the small and mid-sized business owners out there is really if you get in the middle of a defamation suit with Johnny Depp, you probably want to get better lawyers. Next, Brad, the state of Florida. And again, uh, full disclosure, I am in the state of Florida, but I have no knowledge of this incident whatsoever. I believe it was on the other side of the uh, of the of the state. But apparently tragedy has struck Brad in Florida. Um, And again, we only point out the news stories that small business owners need to hear. So whoever's compiling this news. They're doing it with that in mind. They're not just pulling this stuff off some junk site. I mean, this is this is stuff from, yeah, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, the Daily Mail. This is news. Yeah, this is business news. Small business news, right here. Yes. Yeah. So, Brad, a uh, Florida man, uh, and this is this is about FedEx too, which FedEx is a large. Um, shipping company, obviously, I believe the largest, um, very efficient, it absolutely has to get there overnight. FedEx can deliver. Yep. Uh, well, apparently FedEx is in some trouble, <laughs> some trouble, Brad. Um, a FedEx van collided head on with a Florida woman who was engaged in a sexual act with a gentleman who was also in the car. I believe the man was driving. The woman was in the uh, passenger seat. He almost had... Um, part of them torn away and oh, there's currently yeah. yeah yeah the couple quote hit a fedex van at unknown speeds in uh, actually in fort lauderdale the man was said to have sustained injuries to his groin area yeah well that, that'll teach him i mean look fedex vans are careening all over the road now the only upside is is if that particular you know member becomes separated then fedex is able to get it anywhere you need it overnight right so if yeah. there was a doctor who specialized, you know, perhaps in, in injuries of that nature, then you could get yourself and that your package, as the case may be, uh, delivered to the same place overnight, literally overnight. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is and we connect the dots here. They, there's also the option always, if you can't necessarily get it over the, there overnight, you have to use USPS. You can always attach it to his arm and regrow it. Yeah. We've been down this road. We know that that can be done. Uh, apparently, it takes six years and is, you know, awkward in, in all sorts of different situations. But 
again, lessons for the small business owner here. I mean, if you are driving down the road with a companionable young lady who is, uh, you know, interested in you and, and willing to take certain steps, you want to be careful if there are overnight delivery vehicles, because look, the, the most important thing is no is not personal safety for the driver or anyone around them. It's getting the package delivered on time. Yeah, and apparently the, the, the good news is the package did get delivered and uh, the gentleman was okay after he lost control of his vehicle after becoming distracted. But uh, again, not, not, no, no one really is at fault here. I think that's the important thing, although it does appear that the uh, gentleman drove his car completely across some yellow lines into another um, into another lane of traffic. Now, luckily, Brad, this was not on a uh, on some sort of a highway or byway, but it appears to be on just some sort of a, a little side street, a suburban street. But uh, again, no well, one's that's involved. effectively a compliment to his date. I mean, is oh, it yeah. not? I mean, he just totally lost control due to her, uh, you know, skill in the situation. Yeah, and, and apparently the biggest him. injury was in that you can see the the pictures on the uh, on the news page itself. You can see the biggest injury was to this gentleman's groin, even though both cars' uh, front ends are completely demolished. Well, buddy, again, I think the uh, you know the lessons here are somewhat self evident, and uh, if you have a moment to look this particular incident up, the uh, the body positions and expressions on the faces of the responding police officers are worth your time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, you know what? Again, the the world is a crazy place. Lots of crazy things happen. Um, If you were a small business owner and one of your packages was on board that van, it's not going to get there on time. I mean, these are all things you have to consider. So you may want to, you know, take out some insurance yeah. And if you're going to undergo the activity that uh, that this spry young couple was undergoing, you you may want to take out some insurance there as well. Next, Brad, we get into uh, sort of a literary corner. Brad and I, for those of you who um, uh, have been following the show, know that we are in the midst of uh, starting a literary journey of our own. Uh, we are. Yeah, that's in, that is indeed true, my friend. And so what we asked our, our colleagues to do who do in the research department is to give us some hints on how to go about your journey, what route to take. And so we've arrived at Jean McCorkendale, who is, of course, the wife of California Democratic State Senator Dan McCorkendale, who, by the way, is a uh, is a real whippersnapper, real whippersnapper. Um, Jean, obviously, is a woman who has been very uh, prolific in, in terms of uh, writing. She has most recently been hired by Santa Clara County, California. Say that mm-hmm, five times mm-hmm. fast. The uh, county has paid her a total of $2.45 million, including um, $2.45 million for all projects, including $1 million for this book that she's writing about Santa Clara. And she writes articles, recipes, articles, all about Santa Clara County. So this woman's bank, two, 2.45 million. So one, I hear that the first thing I think of is cha-ching. Just wait till you and I get paid because that's coming. That's coming. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the little bit of controversy now, she handed her manuscript for the, um, for the big book about Santa Clara County. Uh, I don't even know what you would write about. I mean, it's dirty. It's not that great. A lot of crime. Eh, yeah. But anyway, she found something to write about, submitted a manuscript. It turns out that the entire thing has been lifted off the Internet, um, including large uh, portions from Wikipedia. 
Um, I, I guess it's sort of a cut and paste, like a right click, left click type deal. Uh, um, yep. She had also been lifting uh, parts of this from the San Jose Mercury News and the SF Gate San Francisco Chronicle website. Um, now, she insisted that the plagiarized passages would never make it to the final version. They were just in the manuscript that she submitted. Um, and obviously, there's that's how be, you do it. I mean, you yeah. put a lot of stuff in the manuscript that you don't want to be in the book. That's typically how you do it. Yeah. So this just woman, make the editor figure it out. What, what, how do you get a gig like this? How, how do you do well, that? Your, it's California. Your husband is a politico, right? Santa Clara County clearly needs something to happen within the California State House. So much like Hunter Biden's art, you call up this guy, you go, listen, you know how to cut and paste? You know how to copy and paste with a computer? Uh, okay. Here's what you do. You go, you go to Wikipedia, you go to various newspapers, you cut and paste their crap into your quote unquote manuscript. We slide you two and a half million dollars and then magically whatever this thing is happens. See, that's how, that's how you get a gig like that. Unfortunately for you and I, we actually intend to create new content and provide it for the public. So we're going the hard way around that. And my guess is that our advance on our book will be somewhere in the range of, you know, just put it in like bartered terms, a gallon and a half to a gallon and three quarters of gas at this point. Um, so it'll be a little different from what's going on here. That's just a guess, of course. Yeah, I mean, look, that's, um, I, first of all, I think you have to give her the benefit of the doubt, right? Just like Amber heard, the benefit of the doubt. Um, second of all, apparently she didn't even change the font from Wikipedia or any of the wiki sites. So, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's getting it done right there, buddy. I mean, she walks away with a cool two and a half million for, as you said, right clicking and, you know, left clicking or double clicking. And I, I don't know, but that's how you do it. I, I, I guess so. But, uh, I, but now there is an investigation that is underway. And, you know, we'll see what it yields. But at this point, I think well, who innocent- investigates that the manuscript police. I mean, I don't know that she's committed a crime. Well, the people no. in in Santa Clara County, what as they should. Every single taxpayer in Santa Clara County should stand up and say, "Whoa, wait a minute. You gave two and a half million of our tax dollars to this gal. And she sent you a manuscript that still said Wikipedia across the top in the font that you would normally find on the Wikipedia page, yes, someone should stand up and say, no, no, nay, nay, that's not what we're looking for. But I mean, what do you, I mean, she could look right back at him and go, oh, I mean, you didn't specify. Would you prefer that I, you know, copy it from a different website? Yeah, well, absolutely. Or maybe she just says it wasn't copied at all. Yeah, maybe, she, it, yeah, just it. play hardball. Yeah. Prove inconvenient, it. inconvenient truth and plausible deniability all at the same time. Yeah. But this is a, um, th- th- I mean, it's a very interesting Phenomenon. I just don't think there's a Wikipedia page that we could cut and paste from that would be um, nearly as good as, you know, this one, which apparently was, you know, the history of Santa Clara. No, not quite. I mean, we're, again, you and I have picked a, a topic such that we're going to actually have to write a book. Yeah, but we'll figure no, it out. We'll no figure question. it out. I have high confidence in us. And uh, but I'll tell you what, if we could find a Wikipedia page, buddy, we now have a path laid at our feet by the good folks in Santa Clara County. Mrs. McCorkendale. The famous Mrs. McCorkendale. Mm-hmm. Terrific, terrific. Uh, next, Brad, we have um, 
the Biden watches where you and I look in, peer in, if you will, on uh, what's going on with uh, the, the, the president and his his administration. And uh, apparently there have been some issues internally with the uh, with the staff. Yet again, the new um, press secretary who took over for Jen Psaki, who is now making more money than McCorkendale at MSNBC, um, the new press secretary, press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, um, apparently had another struggling, uh, struggled through another uh, press briefing this past week and, and multiple times she was asked uh, follow up questions to questions she had the previous day where she said, quote, I didn't listen to what uh, she had told reporters the day before. Uh, and then when she asked why Joe Biden, the president, Joe Biden, president president, wife of Dr. Bill, um, uh, why he didn't uh, know about the formula crisis for two months, the baby formula crisis. Uh, she said, quote, I didn't listen to what he told reporters and I can't respond. Um, it seems with plunging poll numbers and with all of the problems from inflation to this war in, in the Ukraine to immigration to you know, just just across the board malaise that's sort of settling in like it's 1977 all over again. The um, uh, president may need to take a very close look at his uh, team and um, wonder if he's uh, maybe better served by making some changes. Well, he may. But if there's a couple things you cannot fault, Miss Jean-Pierre, is one, I can't listen to Biden either. Right. And so I cannot falter for that. I mean, I, I try, I try to watch the press conferences. He gets a minute into it. He hasn't completed a sentence. He gets five minutes into it. He's forgotten what he said in the first minute and I, I can't do it. And so I cannot blame her for also not being able to do it. I mean, I consider myself to be of, you know, at least average intelligence. I'm fairly well read and I can't do it. So if I can't do it, it would be hypocritical for me to look at Miss Jean-Pierre and say, hey, you have to listen to every word that comes out of that bumbling fool's mouth because I can't. Also, you have to applaud her honesty because, you know, she could have said, well, I, you know, she could have made up any number of excuses. I tripped, I fell down, my contact fell out, my hearing aid fell out, whatever. But she didn't. She just came right out and said, listen, I, I, I couldn't follow him. I have no idea what he said. I couldn't do it. And so I, I, I cannot, without venturing into hypocrisy, falter for not being able to listen to the president. I also cannot falter for her honesty. But I will say this, buddy. If you're going to be the press secretary to the president of the United States and you have accepted that job freely and without coercion, then, you know, these are the prices you have to pay. You're going to have to listen to what the guy says and then sort of anticipate that when you walk out into a room full of people who are paid to ask you questions, that they might do precisely that. Right. I think you do have to be, you know, a little prepared for that and you know saying hey i just couldn't do it i mean he he got off on a tangent i don't know what he said i i, I couldn't pay attention i again the honesty is there certainly we all understand how it's difficult to follow this president when he speaks but as his press secretary you probably need to do a better job than that yeah definitely not what we're looking for definitely not what we're looking for no. uh and then comes the news this week that uh the biden administration department of agriculture is now um, tying federal dollars going to school lunch programs with uh, um, 
those schools, sort of mandating that those schools in return for the school lunch money um, enact certain LGBTQI plus policies. Uh, I, I assume including policies such as the great folks in the state of Oregon who were putting the tampon machines in the uh, boys' bathroom in the elementary school. Um, and, and he is being hammered uh, over this over this policy. And, and I, I see where it would be difficult for a press secretary to defend some of these insane, insane policies that this administration is, is, is rolling out. Well, yeah, but I mean, again, I, it's hard to falter when she sort of stumbles coming out of the gate when someone says, hey, wait a minute, the, the White House is now blackmailing or, you know, holding up resources from the federal government that have been provided to schools, buddy, since World War II, at least, right? The federal government has been supporting lunch programs and breakfast programs in public schools across the country, and to my knowledge, has never taken the quite frankly amazing step of saying, well, as the president, I, you know, with no particular expect expertise in early childhood development, I am going to now say, this is what you have to teach in order to get, wait for it, food. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're literally holding back food. If people don't fall in line with your particular view of what right looks like, your particular propaganda, if people don't fall in line with that, then you're going to withhold food. And again, as I say uh, fairly frequently on this very fine program, keep it up, keep yep. it up, right? Like if, if you are trying to push the vast middle of this country, right? Most of us are not rabid right or left wingers, right? I mean, most of, most of us probably lean in one direction or another, I'm sure there are very few people who can honestly say, "Man, you know, I, I'm I'm right down the middle," but the vast majority of us are can be influenced to you know vote or or stand up for policies that come from you know the opposite side of the aisle. We're a two party system; it just is what it is. But I think most of us oftentimes say, oh, "I like that guy or that gal," even though they're not from the party that, you know, I might lean more towards, I'm going to vote for them. I have done it. You have done it. And so, you know, that happens. That's the way the United States works. And if you want to ensure that that vast, you know, sort of middle ground starts to look at you askance and says, hey, wait a minute, start taking food out of their children's mouths unless their children can tell you what LGBTQI plus stands for, which I can't. At some point in time, this pendulum is going to swing. And one of the big problems, you and I have discussed this, buddy, one of the big problems in this country is that whoever winds up in charge, and it's very likely to shift in, our, in uh, midterm elections because, uh, I mean, people have just had it because of, of activities like this. But the other side will then, you know, think that they have some sort of mandate to act all crazy and start implementing crazy policies from the opposite view, right? The first party, whether it's Republican or Democrat, that seizes control of both houses in the White House and then acts like sane, rational human beings, listens to their constituents, tries to set the country on a relatively neutral path where everybody can you know, pursue happiness. The first party that can figure out that will stay in power forever. And what's gonna happen, all of you who are you know, now gnashing your teeth because David and I are saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't withhold food if you're not going to institute uh, you know, a certain 
propaganda view in school, what are you going to be saying when that shifts in the entire different direction, right? So when when the Republican Party takes control and says, hey, I tell you what, we're now going to hold back food unless you refuse to talk about any sort of you know, gender or sexual orientation topic. If you do that in school, we're taking away your food. How are you going to feel about that? Yep. And, and, and I, I already know the answer. You're not going to be very happy, but you're going to have to suck it up because it's exactly the same approach, right? What is good for the goose is good for the gander. I've never understood why a goose and a gander get compared. I think maybe a goose is female and a gander is male. I don't know. Maybe Jared does. I don't. But that is an expression that you are going to have to live with. Yep. No, I think that's exactly what's coming. And unfortunately, um, it's just going to continue to spiral out of control. It's uh, it's insane. Um, really quickly, Brad, finally, before we get to the end of this segment, a special royal edition of Barter Band. Uh, the Queen obviously went through the big jubilee. This is Queen Elizabeth, um, yes. which means I think she's been ruling for like 140 years. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. The, the big jubilee. It, it, it's only It's only been done twice in history because that's a long struggle. Most people don't live, Brad, 140 years. She has ruled over all of the Irish Isles for 140 years. So um, the queen this week had the Jubilee, Harry and, and Markle, the Duchess of Cornhole, Prince Andrew were all there. And um, big controversy, Harry and Meghan were booed outside of um, the, the Westminster Abbey or whatever it's called. Um booed by the crowd, which was mm-hmm. kind of funny. And then they wanted their little baby, Lilibet, Lilibet, right? Mm-hmm. Lilibet to mm-hmm. meet the queen because he never met the queen because they're living in, in Hollywood now. They left. Meg, remember Megxit? Yeah, of their own yeah, choice. They, yeah, they, they left their choice. Yeah, yeah, they left. They, they're booed. So they bring this baby back to meet the queen. The queen herself, quote, banned Harry and Meghan from having a photographer capture the moment that she met this kid, Lilibet. Um, and so there's not really anything for us to opine on other than the fact that I assume that since the queen did it, banned is probably more lasting than barred. Oh, I see what you're saying there. So the, the actual term used was banned, banned of the photographer. Ah, it's quote, you, quote. Yeah, right. Okay. So if that is a, 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 something that is available to you as a sovereign, where you can ban something, be it a photographer or whatever else, then I would say, yeah, that probably has a lasting impact. I mean, certainly until there's a new sovereign who can undo it. Uh, so I would say that, uh, yeah, so banning, buddy, we may have, you know, it's probably just the tip of the iceberg as most things this detailed are, but we may have our first indicator of which is, you know, more lasting, more permanent, more powerful a banning or a barring. If the queen went ban and she's been the queen, you know, forever, then, and see, clearly this isn't the first time she's wanted to say, "Mm, we're not doing that. So if the queen went banned there, then I think you and I need to kind of move banned up, maybe not all the way up, but certainly a little higher up than a barring. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not dispositive, but there, there is, Great weight now thrown behind that uh, that term, unless she likes the Sussexes, 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 unless she likes them, in oh. which case maybe she doesn't want to bar them. Maybe because banned. But again, that's this is a mystery. It could probably fall into the oh, unsolved you're mysteries playing an category. Inside game there. You yeah, know yeah, what? Yeah. We just have to see how the line shifts in Vegas on banning and barring. 
You can go to our website and find out all about our business, ipfrequently.com. Here's the segment, Brad, where we tell people exactly what they need to know about the election coming up. It is going to be a mind-numbing affair, this election. It's going to be horrific. It's already shaping up to be just a bunch of battles of people that you can't stand on both sides. But true to form, uh, AOC, Octavio Canolo Cortez, um, who is the congresswoman from the Bronx who grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, has now come out and slammed her Democratic colleagues who are running for the House for uh, saying Latina. Um, Apparently, uh, the uh, term Latina is not gender neutral. She has uh, said that anyone running in a Democratic primary as a progressive should not avoid the gender neutral term Latinx. Uh, Brad, are you prepared to make this change? And are you going to be running uh, as a progressive Democrat in this upcoming election? Uh, Probably that's the old double negative, buddy, the no and the no. I mean, so is this person so deranged and arrogant as to lecture her colleagues on what they call themselves? Like, look, if you want to be, you know, in the progressive zone and you want all the progressive brownie points, I mean, God bless you. You're going to have to get up pretty early in the morning to research the way the terms have changed overnight. I don't, I mean, if you are Hispanic and therefore qualified to refer to yourself as a Latino or a Latina, Mm -hmm. you should have that choice. I mean, by her own argument, if gender is fluid and this morning I wake up and I say, geez, I feel like a dude, I'm going to call myself a Latino, then you should absolutely be allowed to do that by her own standard. And for her to say, no, 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 you can't do that. You cannot be aware of your own gender. You must refer to yourself in gender neutral terms. In fact, defeats the entire point of what she's trying to say, which is we all get to pick our genders and we can do that. I mean, we could change every 15 minutes if we want. And so if that's true, then the only one who knows what gender I am is me. And so I should be allowed to pick whatever term I use to describe myself. Now, if you're gonna describe someone else, then, you know, goodness knows. I, I can't keep up with the terms. I think I would just go back to, hey, you, because I, I think that's neutral. I'm just going to start referring to everybody as, hey, you. I won't go Mr., Miss, Sir, Ma'am. I'll just be like, hey, you. You. Right? Because I don't think that could be interpreted as being, you know, genderly offensive. But AOC could shove it. I mean, how in the world can you at the one, on the one hand say, hey, everybody gets to pick what they call themselves. And on the other hand, when, when someone goes, oh, that's great. I'm going to call myself a Latina, then turn around and say, no, you're an idiot because you, you have to call yourself a, a Latinx. And so, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. But again, keep it up. Well, a lot of that was offensive. Um, but I'll, I'll say, Brad, a recent poll of Hispanic voters found that 2% of those polled refer to themselves as Latinx. 68% prefer Hispanic, 21% prefer Latino or Latina. Um, At the same time, uh, 40% said Latinx bothers them or offends them, and another 30% said it would make them less likely to vote for a candidate that used that term. So it looks like in your um, soliloquy about uh, keep it up, you'll get uh, what's coming to you. It seems like uh, the train is uh, headed down the tracks for Miss Octavio Ortega Cortez. 
I, I would never step up to a podium and say, hey, listen, everybody from this nationality agrees with me. I mean, it is just the amount of arrogance it takes to do that is astounding. And eventually she's going to find herself completely on the outs. She does not have the mental capacity to deal with that. I mean, once she realizes what a fool she truly is and how the vast majority of Americans just look at her and go, yeah, you're a fool. I don't know what she's going to do with herself. She loves the limelight. She loves to be coddled. But that, I mean, especially on that side of the house, I mean, the, the progressive culture eats its own. I mean, it, you know, it's just amazing to watch them go after each other as, as she just did. And at some point in time, she's going to find herself on the outs. She's not going to be coddled anymore. And she is not going to know what to do. I think she's headed for a minority status in the House as the Republicans will probably take the House. Um, but Brad, that's not stopping these uh, sedition hearings. The uh, Obviously, the January 6th, uh, 2021 uh, sedition that occurred at the Capitol, probably mm-hmm. the worst uh, sedition in the history of mankind um, since Judas betrayed Christ, probably, um, mm-hmm. took place. Uh, now the Democrats on the committee have hired former ABC president, not sure what his name is, but uh, former president of ABC News to run the choreography, if you will, for the primetime hearings that they're about to conduct. Uh, at the uh, uh, the big uh, insurrection uh, committee uh, that I think has two Republicans on it, mostly Democrats, but they've actually hired former president of ABC News to come in and, and help choreograph them the show and choreograph yeah. the show. So it's listen, there's a lesson out there for small business owners that if you can hire the guy from ABC News, who, by the way, also spiked a uh, 2020 story on Jeffrey Epstein because he was a buddy of his. Um, if you can hire him, you may as well go and do it and it'll be more entertaining. Maybe have Johnny Depp in the production. Well, if Johnny Depp was going to be in the production, I might watch it. He is a good actor, and if he dressed up as either a pirate or a chocolatier, then I can guarantee you there would be entertainment value there. But I don't, So they're going to hold hearings in private. Who's going to watch? Well, I have no idea. But if they held thinking- those hearings in my front yard, I wouldn't open the blinds. I mean, who is going to watch these things? Well, I mean, that, that's the question. I mean, no, nobody knows. Nobody will who's, you know, nonpartisan that that's the issue it's going to be a very partisan uh partisan affair but they've actually hired someone from the news to come in and make it um uh, more appealing for people to come and watch because obviously the content isn't appealing enough because it's a crazy crazy story well, no one cares on with this. and no one does care and no one does i mean care. literally no one care. you walk down the street in your hometown and listen in to you know what people are talking about in a coffee shop while they're getting a beer while they're sitting around a restaurant no one is talking about that no one cares the left is trying to you know drum this thing up as a open rebellion they've got people who've been in jail without going to trial for Sedition. you know since january 6th apparently that's okay and I, again, keep it up. All these chickens are going to come home to roost. You live in an echo chamber. And this is true of both sides. I mean, you, you, the, the left, the radical left lives in an echo chamber. The radical right lives in an echo chamber. They don't talk to anybody who doesn't think exactly like they do. If someone does happen to go, hey, wait a minute, maybe they do, boom, they're out, they're canceled, whatever happens. And so you think that people are paying attention to this, but no one is. No one is. Anyway, Brad, to the feel good story of the week, this is the story we uh, go to towards the end of the show where we try to highlight something that uh, makes a lot of sense and that uh, 
makes us feel better about ourselves. I give you Nikki Vascones, 33, a property lawyer, uh, really nice Pay, nice job is a, at a law firm, $75,000 a year doing property law, um, has left her job. And this is part of the big exodus, you know, with the Zoom. And we talked about this last week with the pets having their own Instagrams and pets having millions of followers and generating mad bank. Um, uh, Nikki Vascones from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania has left property law altogether. Mm-hmm. And she has started a new business. She's already got 175,000 followers on the TikTok, um, where she uh, makes $350 an hour, plus her monetization of her TikTok um, by speaking bread to animals, both living and dead. She is a, a, a person that communicates with animals and is a pet psychic. Um, and so this is something I didn't even know was available, um, but she speaks to animals telepathically, Brad, telepathically. She doesn't read lips. She is telepathically communicating with them mm-hmm. and she'll ask them questions and then she records their responses on her phone and then tells their owners what they said. Um, so who knew, Brad, that uh, you could go from being a property uh, attorney to an animal uh, communicator, a savant, if you will, um, but this woman, Nikki Vascones, is apparently um, uh, able to do it. Uh, very impressive. And that's quite a career leap. That is quite a career leap. I mean, I look, there, anyone who has not at least at one point in their life, anyone who will not admit to at least at one point in their life wondering what an animal was thinking, right? Especially if you happen to come face to face with a hungry lion, like you'd really like to know, is he thinking about eating me? That, that person is a liar. We've all wondered, which is why there was a great, I think it was a Pixar movie with the grumpy old man who flies around with balloons, but he winds up, there's the talking dog there. That was, everyone loved that movie because now you finally know what the dogs are thinking, right? So this could be a valuable resource, right? Answer a lot of questions. You know, what what is the Blue Jay sitting outside my house currently thinking about, yeah. noodling over? For all we know, the animals have a cure for cancer, right? You well, know, there is a, you know, a breed of dogs that's walking around that have just like, look, it's as simple as this. You just got to do this. We wouldn't know because we don't know what they're thinking. But this gal is going to put an end to that if, in fact, it turns out she's not a shyster. Now, I will say I think she probably is. And it's the ultimate scam because how could you possibly tell her that she's wrong? You would have to know what the animal was thinking in order to be able to push back on Miss Vascones's interpretation. Well, Brad, she does give a little more color into how she works. Um, quote, when I'm communicating with the animals, sometimes I see images flash across my eyes or I hear particular phrases. Now, I don't hear their accents or tone of voice, but I can always sense their personality. Of all the animals I've spoken to, and she said this, this is a quote, that have passed away, none are ever upset, angry, or hold a grudge. So there it is, Brad. Uh, this woman is obviously um, uh, on top of things and uh, uh, quite gifted. At least she seems like a pleasant sort. Like if you're just going to take people for their money and then tell them that their dead animal is doing fine, it's yeah. probably the better way to go to say they seem to be happy. They have their missing limb back. They can see now. They're happy with you. They enjoyed all the kibbles and bits that you provided for them over the years. At least that's a nice way to go. I mean, I suppose you could be 
a complete jackass and say, hey, your, hand, your, your dog hated you the entire time it was on the earth, just hated you, was looking for any way to cause you discomfort and is happy it's dead. I mean, I suppose you could go that route and that would be sort of the mean-spirited shyster, but at least she seems to be a, a pleasant sort of gal. You would wonder maybe if she could communicate with some of those uh, some of those dogs that were thrown off buildings by the monkeys in India. Would the dogs be happy? Well, now they are. They weren't happy then. I mean, I guarantee you the last thing that dog thought was, what the? <laughs> That's a, what is this know. monkey going to do? Monkeys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, finally, Brad, uh, the, uh, the uh, barter band segment, although maybe we should call it band or band. Um, this week, um, weddings in Las Vegas. You, you mentioned Las Vegas. You want to talk about that. Weddings in Las Vegas. The wedding industry in Las Vegas is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. And there is a big controversy now. Over $1.6 billion is spent every year, billion with a B, um, mm. from couples wanting to get married by an Elvis impersonator who's also a minister or a mm-hmm. justice of the peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, a big licensing firm, uh, Authentic Brands Group, which uh, owns the rights apparently to uh, some of Elvis's likeness and, and songs, has sent. Um, hundreds of cease and desist letters uh, to all of these Elvis chapels in Vegas, uh, basically telling them to stop, um, uh, to stop performing these uh, ceremonies with Elvis impersonators as the, uh, uh, as the officiant, Uh, the Graceland wedding chapel alone, Brad in Las Vegas performs 6,400 Elvis themed weddings per year. Uh, Right now there is a big controversy about this. People are uh, not knowing what to do. Um, And uh, this is, uh, this is obviously a, uh, something that could affect thousands of lives. Um, And so these uh, Elvis impersonators, Brad, are being shut down. And the question is for you, should they be barred or banned or should people be allowed to be married by an Elvis impersonator? No, it's America. If you want to be married by an Elvis impersonator, you should be allowed to do that. Now, my guess is that this, what do you call it? Authentic brands, that this authentic brands is just looking for a little, you know, they want to wet their beak. Uh, right? Yeah, they want a little, little something, something that, you know, they, you want to get married by an Elvis, you want to be the Elvis, you know, we're going to need a little piece of the action, as they say in Vegas. And so, you know, my guess is that this will get resolved. There will be some sort of fee that will be associated if you want to put the name Elvis on your wedding chapel or Graceland or whatever the case may be. But this is an American tradition, buddy. We, we cannot be banning it. There are a significant number of folks in this country who, for better or worse, want to hear the words, I now pronounce you man and wife, come out of Elvis's mouth. And if that's what you want, if that's what you think is going to get you kicked off on a lifetime of marital bliss, then God bless you. You should be able to do that. If you can't do that in the United States of America, then why do we have this country? I agree. I think I do think it's there. there is a chance to um, uh, sort of make a deal with this authentic Brands Group. I think there's a licensing deal to be had here. We're available to help if they need help with that. But I'm going to say not barred because it's un-American and these people should be allowed to be married. Amen. I could not agree more. We will be back next week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome. Welcome.